Turn to a savage, pocket got fatter, she got me daddy. Smoking that gas, got all that zany, she on a powder. Nowadays, I am on my head, I got sadder. Money got longer, speaker got louder. Come Hello and welcome to season three of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. The song you just heard is Money Longer by Lil Uzi Vert. And it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Bubba Wilson. So Bubba is from Manhattan, Kansas, and won a Kansas state title in 2019. Bubba now wrestles 165 for the Huskers and was redshirt of the year during the 2019-2020 season after posting a 19-1 record. Heading into his junior year this year, Bubba has qualified twice for the NCAA tournament and is looking to take the next step this year for the Huskers. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Bubba Wilson. I guess we can just get started from from the jump of whenever I got into wrestling. Like I was telling uh, my my Uber driver on the way here, he was asking about it. Basically, in kindergarten, whenever I was four, I uh, took home a flyer from from school, and my my dad, I think they thought wrestling was like WWE, so I thought they might have. <laughs> I did not love WWE at the time. I wanted to be John Cena so bad. I would always, before my matches, I had a little flip phone, mm-hmm. and I would play the, your time is up, my time is down. <laughs> and I would just sit there with no headphones or anything. I would just play it in my ear and bob my mm-hmm. head. So I think they might have thought it was WWE. Then I got into wrestling, and uh, it was tough. I mean, I was a little kid. I was like four years old, so. Did you think it was WWE? I, I don't even have like recollection of mm-hmm. that age to be honest like i kind of remember like cutting weight at like four for like six and under state or whatever mm-hmm. and like throwing on a, a ton of sweats and sweatshirts and crying and running down the hall just and my parents were like come on you only you only got like eight more ounces but that's like a third of my body weight at the time <laughs> i was i was wrestling like six and under like 42 pounds i think and uh so I don't know. I, I didn't really have a, a thought on it, but I ended up going to tournaments and ended up being pretty decent for like my area. Mm-hmm. And so I was winning a lot, and so I kind of kind of enjoyed it. And I just liked the getting to know people on the team and the coaches. And I feel like wrestling brings around like a certain like type of person that is just like a lot. A lot of the people that you meet in wrestling are good people mm-hmm. already, and so you kind of get surrounded around people that you enjoy being around and makes wrestling a lot more fun and better and Mm -hmm. you you grow up wrestling guys and like that bond that you have with people like teammates and and practice partners especially when you guys are beating the crap out of each other day in and day out and like you just grow a different type of bond with them really and you just become really good friends what about your you know do you have any lineage in wrestling like parents Zero uncles, grandfathers, nothing, nothing. But I think my dad, I think he did like cross country and baseball. And my dad was a big baseball guy for a long time. And then my mom, she played softball and she was a pretty good softball player. And uh, but yeah, no, no wrestling, (laughs) we just random, yeah. But and so, did you try all the sports when you were growing up too? Yeah, I think I uh what I do. I played baseball for a long time on a pretty competitive team and then I played football for a long time. 
football was like my first love for sure. I loved football. Me and my dad would watch NFL together. We had mm -hmm. a fantasy team going together that we would do. Um, yeah, I, I loved playing football. And uh, but obviously being five nine. 165 pounds <laughs> doesn't really work out for football much mm -hmm. and especially like as a freshman in high school this is when I kind of stopped playing football and baseball as a freshman and uh moved to a big school and a bigger school in Kansas uh like the biggest class and everything and uh I think I might have been like five one five two maybe like 120 pounds my <laughs> freshman year mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> we had a heavyweight on the wrestling team his name was Eldon Pico and he's, I don't know, he might be like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, he was like two, 270 probably. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I don't think we're the same type of people. <laughs> he plays football, I probably should have. Mm -hmm. So I kind of stopped and started focusing on my wrestling. Yeah, so like growing up throughout the years, did did you just keep wrestling? Did you go to like tournaments out, like big time tournaments, or did you stay pretty locally around the area in Kansas? Uh, thankfully enough, I had I had coaches, good great coaches and and good people that would uh help like charter me around and we would travel all all across the country really and compete from a young age. Like we would go out to Colorado, Texas, Oklahoma, like I would say whenever I was a little kid mainly like the Midwest areas. Mm -hmm. We didn't go too far out east or too far out west, but we definitely like some of the tournaments in Oklahoma, like Tulsa Nationals, like mm -hmm. that's where all the best of the best go anyway. So yeah. it was like it was easy to find great competition that was like at least sort of close. Mm -hmm. what, so, sorry, what about the competition in Kansas? I mean, um, you know, it doesn't get looked at as one of those, you know, powerhouse states, but you still see tough kids here and there come out, come out of the state. Obviously, you're one of them. Um, Patrick Rhodes comes to mind. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch more, but. Yeah, I feel like Kansas, a lot of a lot of Kansas people are kind of biased on, like, the wrestling there, but mm -hmm. I think we kind of suck, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, I had to travel, like, in middle school and high school, I had to start traveling to, like, Kansas City, and and then towards my later years, I had to, I, I started coming up here to Lincoln to train, just because, okay. like, at some, uh, at least in my area, like, there just wasn't that great of competition or practice partners there definitely still are like great wrestlers that come out like we had clay lout who was a couple time all-american at unc mm, yeah, yeah. his little brother cade's there right now we got jace uh colzer he's he just transferred down to oklahoma he was at unc um cody fippen from air force mm. he was originally a kansas guy and that's why i would go out to kansas city was to go train with him and his dad and mm -hmm. There's a room full of hammers around the Kansas City area, so I mean we're like we definitely produce some tough people, but it's just nowhere near to the depth, and you kind of you got to travel to go go get some good practice partners, especially like in high school. Mm -hmm. um, which I mean it sucks to say. I wish I could say like oh Kansas is great, mm -hmm. but I just don't think we're up to the to the caliber of some of these other states like California and uh, Jersey and PA and so but I mean you can get it done yeah yeah I mean you can go to you know you can be in Kansas and then have success at the the collegiate level like you're finding out now um, what about in high school so well let me take a step back 
so you started to travel to find the best partners and best places to train. Was your dad the one who took you everywhere? Did you carpool with other people? Like how invested was as you, let me ask you this, as you got invested into the sport, did your parents start to get really invested into the sport as well? Yeah. So whenever I was younger, it was, a. Uh... My, my sister played a lot of sports, too, mm-hmm. growing up, and for a long time, it was just me and my sister, so my dad would take my sister, and my mom would kind of hang out with me, and she would, like, be at all the practices. She would be, like, one of the moms that helps out, mm-hmm. and so she definitely put a lot of time in at first, and then we had, like, uh, one of my coaches, his name was Tom Richards. He, uh, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. Like, I grew up kind of on the, on the poor side of things, and uh, he, w- he would, like, take me to a bunch of different places, text, like, all the national tournaments that I could go to. And he, he I think we went up to Kansas City a couple times with him, and uh, he was great. And then I would say maybe towards, like, my sixth grade year, my dad, like, really, I think the, the softball kind of slowed down, mm-hmm. and so he was able to, like, really help me out. And we're going to Kansas City probably two, three times a week for practice. And... Uh, he would drive me everywhere. Mm-hmm. We put in some miles together. <laughs> it, I was a terrible passenger too. I would just sleep all the time. <laughs> I would be so tired from competing and like practice. I would just sleep, mm-hmm. and he didn't really care. But man, he put a lot of hours in on the road with me and sacrificed a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my parents like were definitely heavily invested into like our sports career because they were like, "This is if you if you want to like." go to college like you have to get an athletic and academic scholarship like there's no way we're going to be able to get you there mm-hmm. any other way so they kind of like planted that seed in us early that was like hey like this is the way out like mm-hmm. we gotta you gotta focus on something and, and try to be great at it mm-hmm. and so i was, just kind of took that to heart and uh i mean i'm an athlete i love competing so it was kind of easy money. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so how far was it to Kansas City? Because you, you graduated from Manhattan. Yeah. And where was Manhattan located in uh, comparison to Kansas City? Uh, I think it's like an hour 45, an hour oh, 45 yeah. minutes away. That's, that's a drive. Yeah. And that was just there. Mm-hmm. And then an hour 45 back to yeah. late at night. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're like towards the end of my high school career, like I would – like hit up other wrestlers and like we would just meet in one city we would all come together train and then disperse and then we would meet in this other city just trying to gather like all the talent and all the hard workers in the areas and meet up and just train together wow. but wow so what about academics you kind of touched on that did that come easy to you or was that something that you worked hard at and you still have to work hard at uh in my early years it came easier mm-hmm. uh then once i got to yeah once i got to college it got real tough because i was i was a kid in high school that i was always doing something else i was in the hallways <laughs> chit-chatting hanging out with my friends like so and i never really had to put in that much work in high school but yeah now that i'm in college and then had a brain injury and so i i saw my memory kind of go and i got a school's tough for me for sure I definitely have to grind through it. Wow, when did when did that happen? Because I've <clears throat> I had that my senior year. So my my going into my senior year, um, I had a brain injury playing baseball of all things. Um, I collided with the center fielder, um, and so yeah, that whole senior year was rough. 
I mean, I started to get like C's and D's. Um, yeah, paying attention was difficult. So like, I, I feel that. So like, when did that happen? And how have you kind of dealt with that? This was probably like, uh, it would have been my freshman year or like technically my freshman year or whatever mm-hmm. uh, after my redshirt year. Uh, I was like excited. I was thought I was gonna get into the lineup. I was like, this is sweet. Mm-hmm. This is my opportunity. And it was like uh, the year after the NCAAs got canceled. And so COVID was a big thing or mm-hmm. whatever. So we we're all trained for the US Open. And um, and I was like, dang, this is crazy. I'm about to go up and compete against my idols and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, this is this is cool. I like this. But I I like developed a headache for a long time. And I was just like, man, I'm being such a wuss. Mm-hmm. I need to I need to get over it or whatever. Then I started getting taken down by people in the practice room that I don't really get taken down by. And mm-hmm. I just slowly started like seeing a, a bad like progression Mm -hmm. and I was like this is not good and then I tried to get help or whatever but no one really knew what was going on Mm -hmm. and then one day I invited all all the teammates over to my house and we're just gonna have like a little get together hang out and play some smash bros and stuff (laughs) and uh and and I it was like a Friday night around like six I was like hey boys like I can't I can't keep doing this like my head hurts way too much and so I went to bed, and then my ex-girlfriend woke me up, like, Sunday night. So I ended up sleeping for, like, two whole days. And then I was – and I was, and she woke me up, and I was like, I was like, something's not right. I got to go home. Mm-hmm. I need to go to the doctor or whatever. I go to the doctor, and they were like – they were like, yeah, you got a, you have a blood clot in your brain. And so I was like, I was like, dang, that sounds serious, mm-hmm. man. I'm going to die. No, <laughs> I'm going to die. And then it was, like, during COVID, too, so I was the only – I, I couldn't really see my family or anything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, damn, I'm really going to be in this hospital in, in Kansas City dying alone. This mm-hmm. is crazy. But, yeah, they, they had, like, put me in a in an ambulance or whatever, and we're like, we got to get you to Kansas City immediately. And I was like, dang, this is serious. And uh, so I had to call the coaches, and I was like, I had to tell them what was going on. I was like, honestly, I was like, I'm probably not going to come back. Like, this is it wow. for me. And uh, Wow. And they're just like, keep your head up, keep fighting or whatever. And I was like, there's no fight in this. Like, <laughs> I, I don't have control over this, you know? And, uh, yeah, and they, I was, like, hooked up to uh, blood thinners for a real long time. And they were like, hey, like, I think the only way to get rid of it is surgery. It's like put a splint mm-hmm. in, in my blood vessel or whatever. And, uh, and they were like, but if we do that, then you'll never be able to, like, do physical stuff again because – it could like collapse and stuff, mm-hmm. and and I was like, shoot, all right, I'll do the surgery as long as I can live. And uh, my mom, she's a stubborn little son of a <laughs> I'll tell you, she she's like, no, he's got to wrestle, he he's got to do this, he has a career. And I was like, I was like, mom, I'm just trying to live, <laughs> I just want to live to see tomorrow, mom. And uh, and so she she advocated for just staying on blood thinners. And then so the thankfully enough, like the extreme blood thinners, like really wore uh, wore the clot down um, enough to where I could like function and stuff. And uh, yeah, I got like I was in the hospital bed just sleeping like 23 hours a day. 
I remember my teammates, like, we had these little whoop straps mm -hmm. to, like, track our sleep and recovery. And they're like, dang, this dude's sleeping 23 hours a day. This is crazy. A whoop strap? Yeah. It, like, measures, like, your heart rate. Mm -hmm. And it, like, tells you how much calories you burned, how much strain you put on your body. Just uh, stuff to, like, really get our workouts down to, like, a science. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, yeah, so I was just in the hospital for a long time, just sleeping all day because I was in pain and I was really drugged up and i hated the drugs mm -hmm. and it would they would like make me freak out and uh i remember there's a couple times like i had to stay in my bed because if i like got out of the bed and like end up falling or like like end up getting a cut i would bleed out and die anyway mm -hmm. and then i was like i was like man i can't do this so i was mm -hmm. i was trying to take the stuff out and trying to leave the hospital and like just freaking out but uh yeah I ended up getting better Got some like residual brain damage from it. Nothing, nothing too serious. I don't think it like really altered me that much. It's hard to remember some stuff here mm -hmm. and there, mm -hmm. and like it made daily life a little harder. Like I have, I have headaches every single day, but it's just kind of like a new normal for me. So it's not like really a big deal anymore. But for a long time, it definitely, definitely messed me up a little bit. But uh, yeah, I had that, and then I just like slowly slowly started training but like once i would get like my blood pressure up then we found out i had like twice the amount of like uh pressure in my brain so i started i was losing my vision and my hearing so i couldn't like really see or hear anything so they had to go in and do like a spinal tap and Ooh. and put this long needle in my back mm -hmm. and it drained the blood or the fluid from my brain out of my spine and that helped out a lot um and then I, I just kept trying to rush and get back. And I started, like, I was, like went to the gym, and I would get lightheaded and almost pass out. So I had to take it real slow for a long time uh, to getting back into wrestling. And I think I, I might have been, like, 150 pounds. Wow. I think I lost, like, 20, 25 pounds, like, in the hospital just from not doing anything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dang, I got a lot of work to do to get back now. But thankfully, you know, muscle memory and, like, just worked my tail off to get back and get healthy and then get recovered and uh it all came back and i feel like i'm just as good as i ever was so damn that's quite the story yeah it was crazy yeah i thought i was gonna die i know and i like you know we kind of kind of laugh or i guess laugh joke about it now but yeah at the time man i mean and that's just the crazy thing that people never know what you're going through you know like Peyton Robb is the first one that comes to mind. Like, man, that dude almost lost his leg. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But, uh, dang, so how how'd you deal with coming back from that when you wanted to push yourself, but you knew your body, you know, your body wasn't ready? You know, like you would try, you'd be like, I'm ready. I, I feel like I can do this. And then you'd get into a workout and you're like, okay. It was yeah. tough because, like, I would have to sit on the bikes and just watch practice. And, like, I'm a competitive guy, so mm -hmm. I was like – dang, these dudes are out here getting better, and I'm not getting better. I'm just sitting here on the sideline just, mm -hmm. you know, kind of being a dummy. And I was like, dude, I got to get back out there. Like, I like I just felt like I was missing something. Mm -hmm. And it, it was so tough. It messed my mental up for a long time. I was always, like, stressing out about not getting better and not being on the mat and doing this and doing that. But then at the same time, I was just kind of thankful to, like, have survived it, one, and, like, I'm actually – able to compete again so mm -hmm. I was or like not at that at that time but I was like maybe I can't compete one day and uh yeah it was tough 
I would just sit there on the sidelines, just watching. Mm-hmm. It just ate at my soul. Mm-hmm. I was like, dang, I'll try to get out there and put my hands on somebody. <laughs> I miss it. Um, you probably worked really closely then with Tyler Wieda for a while. Yeah, um, for a long time. I had him on and because uh, he's from Iowa, just like me, and I remember watching him grow up wrestling and whatnot. But, man, he's uh, he probably put you through some mental gymnastics. He says he tries to do that. He tries to really play mental games with you. Oh, yeah. See, <laughs> we, man, I love Wida. Like, he's, like, hard on the freshman. And, mm-hmm. and like, you, you kind of got to prove yourself to Wida. You kind of, like, got to be like, hey, I'm a tough guy. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, you got to you gotta earn your stripes with him, which I respect that for sure. And, uh, yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he would play a lot of mental games. And, yeah, it was, yeah. I don't even really know mm-hmm. what to say about it, but <laughs> it was, I grew to enjoy it for mm-hmm. sure. So you you lost like 20 pounds, all right? And so when you first were starting to step on the mat, like how did you build yourself back up? Because you probably were trying to do things that you could have done in the past, but now you're not able to because you're, you're lighter, you know, you're, you haven't wrestled in a while. I mean, you probably had to almost start from square one. Yeah. In, in a way. Yeah, for sure. I def like, I'm I'm kind of like an aggressive like, m- like, just a grinder of a mm-hmm. wrestler, and I will headbutt people and just, you know, I was like, oh, okay, we probably can't headbutt anymore, you know, <laughs> like I gotta kind of maneuver this a little different. I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta make sure that I'm not just ramming into people. And yeah, I was a lot weaker at that time, so I was like, okay, we gotta. While I'm building my strength back up, we definitely have to focus on like technique and being fast, and we gotta we gotta do this differently than we did before for sure. And uh, it was like it wasn't a big deal. Like wrestling is still wrestling. I can still mm-hmm. do a lot of the same stuff. It was just like a couple minor tweaks and like transitions that I would have to figure out something else to do and just not be a meathead and just ram my face into people's face. <laughs> How long do you think it took you until you really felt like, all right, I feel 100% or, you know, like I used to? Um, man, I would, I would probably say it, it probably took from, like, the first time I got out of the hospital, maybe, like, five or six months probably. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay, like, I've built enough muscle back got my weight back up um starting to get into this wrestling thing a mm-hmm. little bit better and going live and so yeah it was probably it was probably about six months before I started to feel like myself again Jeez. what were those workouts like you know because you probably worked out because you felt like you were behind so you probably were maybe doing double time to try to catch up maybe yeah yeah for sure like with wrestling it's hard because you can't you can't really put in, like, double the amount of workouts mm-hmm. because your body just physically can't handle it and you can't recover, and you'll just destroy yourself that way. So you really got to lock in, focus in, and, like, get the most out of your minutes. Mm-hmm. I was just, like, trying to focus on if we're in practice for 90 minutes, I'm going to I'm gonna try my best. Obviously, I'm not going to be exactly locked in for the full 90 minutes, but mm-hmm. I'm going to get more minutes than everyone else. And I'm just going to make sure that I come in with a clear mind, like ready to focus, ready to scrap and, and have some enthusiasm because the like people come in the room and they kind of you can work hard and like 
go, go through the motions and, and look like you're a savage. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, if you're not mentally dialed in, like you're not really getting better. And so just focusing on just mentally like running through my setups, running through my transitions, running through progressions and just really trying to like just get the most out of out of our practices and doing the best I can and watching film and like just writing down notes. I love to just like write down stuff about wrestling. It like mm-hmm. helps me like conceptualize it in my mind. And uh yeah, so I was I was definitely on on overtime mm-hmm. just trying everything I can to get back to where I was. So, let's I guess rewind a little bit here. So, your freshman year you said was that your last year of playing football and baseball and that's when you really started to focus on wrestling yeah yeah and how how did your high school career go you know you won a state title as a senior but how did you get there you know what was your high school career like so my freshman year of high school I almost quit I was done with wrestling. really yeah my my dad was the only thing that kept me in it um why we we had like a, a super loaded bracket, mm-hmm. like it was crazy. Like, like at state, at at state, just mm-hmm. like the whole year, and I think I might have went like thirty and fifteen or something like that, and and I didn't I didn't even place at state, but I I was like there were so so many good guys in my bracket that everyone was like within a point or two. So like mm-hmm. if you ran that bracket out fifty times, you're gonna have fifty different people win it. Mm-hmm. Like it was just crazy. And uh, and so I didn't place at state, and I, and I had a tough year, and I was like, I was like, I'm done. Like I was like before school, I would go in and I would work out at uh, my neighbor's gym, um, and I was putting in all this extra work, and I was like, nothing's paying off. Like doesn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad was like, you got to be patient. Like your time will come. Like you just got to keep your head in it. Like don't give up on this now, because like if. It, if I would have gave up then, then I don't know where I would be. But mm-hmm. yeah, I almost, I almost quit my freshman year just because, oh, man, I was taking my lumps. Mm-hmm. It's hard to take your lumps, especially whenever, you know, you've been doing it your whole life and you've always, like I've always done pretty well mm-hmm. in wrestling. And uh, so, yeah, that that summer I got real serious and I started doing freestyle and Greco and just stayed in the on the mat all summer. Then came back my sophomore year, I was doing better. I got second at state, lost in the finals. I just let the moment get a little too big for me. Um, definitely, I, I should have won my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I wish I could mm-hmm. take. I wish I could go back to mm-hmm. that. But uh, yeah, I had a pretty good season my sophomore year. I got second, and I was like, oh, okay. I went from not placing to getting second. I was like, here we go. Like this is where the jumps are gonna come. And then my my junior year. Um, Every, my coaches were trying to get me to go down a weight and I was like I was like no I don't like I don't really want to cut weight really mm-hmm. and the weight that they were trying to get me to go down to was like it was kind of a weak weight like there wasn't really anyone in it they were like if you go down you'll win a state title and mm-hmm. then there was like three I want to say three division one wrestlers in the weight above and I, and then uh the guy who won my freshman year bracket was in the weight above too at 152 so I was like me and me and one of my friends, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going down. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go up and I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna stick it to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I immediately I beat a nationally ranked wrestler our first tournament. And like my junior year is kind of where I took the jump into like getting ranked nationally and like really 
and I like that was around the time I hit puberty so like I started to get some muscle and and seeing some success but my my junior year was rough for me uh just like life-wise but wrestling wise it went pretty well because like I lost my best friend to suicide and then and then my house burned down so wow yeah so we we're kind of just staying in a hotel and and it, it was rough for me because uh, but wrestling was the only thing I had like I didn't have a house I didn't have anything like wrestling was everything I had I wouldn't even go to school I would just show up for wrestling practice because <laughs> I was like depressed I would just lay at home all day and then they were like people understood why mm -hmm. so they kind of just let me do it and uh so I would just go into wrestling practice and wrestle and then go home and sleep and I was just sleeping all day just depressed mm -hmm. and uh and we had to eat out like every night because we couldn't cook at the hotel and you know people would help us out they would like occasionally cook us a meal or give us some gift cards to some some restaurant or some fast food place to where we could eat so I was eating terrible I had the worst diet of all time cause, <laughs> and I was like I was like man like despite all of this I'm gonna go I'm gonna go and do it still mm -hmm. and I had lost to the guy that that beat me my or that won my state uh bracket my freshman year I lost him like twice and I and I was like I was going into state. I was like, I know I have this. Like, mm -hmm. I just, I just believed so much that like you could not convince me otherwise that I wasn't gonna win, even though I had already lost twice. I was like, it doesn't matter. And uh, won won a state title my junior year, and that was like the most like emotional thing I've ever been through. Probably just wow, just because everything leading up to it and just being in a hotel, and I was just like despite all the odds like I'm still gonna go do it and then my senior year it was kind of a, a cakewalk like most people like I was pretty much pinning everyone taking them up letting them down mm -hmm. like it was pretty boring I think I lost to uh Cade DeVos um mm -hmm. I think where does he wrestle at SDSU mm -hmm. yeah. yeah I lost to him so like it was just like few and far between when I would actually get a competition. Mm -hmm. It was like I would wrestle a really elite guy and then we would scrap it out and it would just be like a cakewalk for a long time. And then so it was kind of boring, but I started coming up here training during like the spring and stuff and like was getting to know the coaches and like scrapping in a college room and I was like, oh, this is different. Mm -hmm. This is different because uh, I had cut down to 70 kilos for the – for the U.S. Open, my senior year, and uh, and I wrestled Peyton Roth, and I was like, I was like, I was gonna be a. I think they were recruiting me as a forty-nine pounder to mm -hmm. begin with, and I was wrestling one sixty my senior year, and uh, and then Peyton was the fifty-seven pounder, and so I was like, oh, this is my time. I'm gonna show them that I'm gonna be the guy. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be the guy. And we're in Vegas, and I'm, I'm the coaches are like, I don't even. I don't even know if they were coaching him because I like I had already signed and everything and and then Peyton went out there and torched me. I was like, <laughs> oh wow, this is different. Okay, I got to get way better. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and then I was fifty seven, yeah, my freshman year here, and then I I bumped up to sixty five so I could find a spot in the lineup. Mm -hmm. And sixty five has been great, but yeah. Yeah, running through high school. Yeah, I went from not placing to second to first first. And then I think whenever I was like a junior and senior, like I was ranked nationally, like 
top 15 or whatever, but yeah, there's a, a lot of development there between like my freshman and sophomore year and then being good like locally for Kansas mm-hmm. my sophomore year and then to like being good and like competing with all the best dudes by my junior year. So definitely wow. a big jump. How did you pull yourself out of that spot your junior year? You know, and how did you also, I guess, yeah, two questions. How did you keep it together for one? And for two, how did you pull yourself out? Uh, It was, it was tough. It was just like through time really, because like I would go to wrestling practice sometimes and I would just, I would just start bawling. Mm-hmm. I would just start crying. Like I was just so worked up and was going through a lot. And so my coaches, they, they understood, like they were great with me. Like they were just like, Hey, like if you need to, take this practice off or whatever, or go home or whatever. And I'll just be like, no, this is all I have. So I'll just continue to wrestle. And uh, just to, yeah, my my mom tried to get me going to some therapist. I was like, no, I'm not going to no therapist. Mm-hmm. I go in there, it didn't do anything for me. I went to like a session or two. I was like, no. I was like, I'd rather just hang out with good friends. Like just being surrounded by good company is always, always a good way to get yourself out of a, out of a funk or mm-hmm. out of a tough spot just the people around me like my coaches my my family and my my really good friends uh yeah they they really supported me during that time and just came behind me but yeah just through time really and good people this is how I got out of it mm-hmm. and eventually life moves on like you can't the sun comes up tomorrow the the earth doesn't care like everyone's gonna wake up still doing the same thing, mm-hmm. like chomping at the bit, trying to get better. So it's just like at some point you gotta get over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hard hard truth, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the world doesn't stop. Yeah, it's um, the way it goes. Yeah, when when did you start to get recruited, wrestling wise in in general, not just from Nebraska, but just I would say uh, as maybe like halfway through my junior year mm-hmm. is when colleges started to reach out to me. Um, for a long time, I didn't think I was going to get recruited or anything. I was yeah, like, I was going to ask, when did you start to feel like, was that when you started to feel like you were good enough to even wrestle at the next level? I always had like a, a hunch that I could do it just because like, I don't know, I've always been pretty good. Like even just growing up as a kid, wrestling all the national tournaments and like placing and winning some. and uh, I always knew I could do it. Just for some reason, like, I just, I knew I could. But then, like, I wasn't getting any offers or anything, and I was like, dang, like, if it's out of my hands, it's out of my hands, whatever. Like, but I'm going to give it all I got. Mm-hmm. And then, half, yeah, halfway through my junior year, college just started reaching out to me. And uh, it was it was fun, but then, like, I started coming up here, and I just kind of fell in love with it because it was close to home. Like, my dad and my mom, they can still come up to my duels. Cause it's only like two and a half hours away nice. and I didn't really want to go anywhere else. And it was like growing up, you, you watch Jordan Burroughs and James mm-hmm. Green and then you're like, and, and like at my weight in the, the Nebraska room, there was no other better room in the entire, in probably in the entire world. You probably couldn't even go to Dagestan and, and go find a room <laughs> there that was better. Mm-hmm. Like it was like burger, Peyton Robb, Mikey Labriola, Jordan Burroughs, James Green, like all of these savages right at my weight. And I was like, if I'm going to get better, that's where I got to go. Like I can't I can't go anywhere else. Like mm-hmm. there was just no option. I was yeah. like, I have to go here. And like 
like I said, I wasn't a, I wasn't like the best recruit coming in. Like we had Ridge, Kevon, we had all these savages, and so I was kind of overlooked a little bit. But I was just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it through the fire. I'm gonna get forged in the fire here. Like I'm just gonna send it all the way. This is my thing, like wrestling, and so I'm gonna get as good as I can here. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you start looking back at the names, you know. For one, you got Brian Snyder. Yeah, Snyder. You know, yeah. In the in the coaching corner, and then uh, Kokish, um, who I want to talk about in a little bit. But Kokish, Isaiah White, oh Dudley. Why did I even leave Isaiah. Like, yeah. Well, just because there's so many of them, it's hard to just you know go through the list. You know, Vens was here. Mm-hmm. God, Dudley was Dudley was. I don't know how unreal. To yeah unreal him and like james green are the two that stick out to me like how the heck that just blows my mind that they didn't win a national title you know you're like that's what makes this sport so freaking tough yeah (laughs) but um yeah um you're right i mean one of the best middleweights in in the country if not the world um and so was it really a consideration to go anywhere else or was it just not really like people would try to get me on to go on like other visits Mm -hmm. and stuff but I, w- I would come up here on, like, like every every chance that I got, I was up here training in the room. Mm-hmm. Like, I would I would take up, like, a bunch of unofficials here. Mm-hmm. And so I would come up and train and then go to, like, the football games with, like, the guys and stuff. And so I always had a great time. And, I'll, and then, like, other colleges were trying to get me to go there. And I was like, for what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, I just I don't see a, a point to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And it just locally, like it just makes sense. Yeah, it's closest to home, which I I didn't really want to be at home, but just want to stay close enough to where my parents, you know, because if they would have had to have like taken flights to come out and see me wrestle, it would it would be every now and then that they would be able to get to come see me, and mm-hmm. so it was just like just made the most sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. And with the coaching staff, Manning and Snyder and Kokish and and Tervel, and oh, at the time we had Maple. And yeah. Maple was a Kansas guy, and I was like, dang, I want to be like Maple. Yeah. I want to yes. be like Maple. He was a yeah. national champ yeah. out of Kansas. Man, this is sweet. <laughs> I forgot Kendrick Maple was here. Yeah. And then what about your major? So your construction management. Yeah. Um. Did Was that something you like considered at all, or what, what made you even get into that? I was, like, going into college, I was like, man, what's – I don't – I like wrestling. Like, <laughs> this is what I want to <laughs> do. That's it. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to be in college, I need to learn some high value like skill. And I like I don't want to go to college to go get a business degree. And it's just like you don't even know what you're going to do with that, Mm -hmm. which I mean, some business degrees are for sure good. And but it just depends on what you do. And I, I was talking to one of my friend's dads and he has a ton of money. And I was like, I was like, what do you do? And he was like, I was a project manager for a while, and then I owned like a construction company. And I was like, I was like, man, like if I don't like anything else, that's what I'm gonna do. Cause mm-hmm. There's a lot of income there to be had, and uh, and so I was like, that's a skill that I think I could get good at just through like work ethic, and I think I would get along with a lot of these people. So I it was kind of a shot in the dark. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, like, it wasn't a whole lot of thought behind it, but I was like, I could see myself doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how's that going? It's good. Yeah. Uh, like, I enjoy it. Like, you get to, like, see the fruits of your labor, like, building stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and like, being a project manager, I hope, like, uh, hopefully that's that's the job I get. And uh, 
a lot of that's just like working with people yeah. and like managing people and so it's like I love people. Mm-hmm. People are great. Man. <laughs> There's so many different personalities. Yes. Like quirks about people. Like I just love people and so it's it's great and I hope I can do that in the future. Yeah, you know, um as you come into Lincoln um past Pinnacle Bank on I forget what highway that is, but they have that I don't know if it's an apartment complex that they just built now. You yeah. Know, that I mean Lincoln's I, growing. Yeah, I've seen that. I remember when it just started. So you're you're like you're talking seeing the fruits of your labor. I remember when that was just a pit. Yeah. And now it's this huge building that looks freaking really nice. Yeah, it's sick. I yeah. I, I love watching the construction go up around mm-hmm. Lincoln. And out like Manhattan's a smaller a smaller town. Like I think we might have like I don't know, eighty thousand people mm-hmm. there or whatever. And so coming to Lincoln I was like, Oh, this is a bigger city and it just continues to grow and I just like whenever you see that, you're like, oh, that's opportunity. Yes. Like, yeah. there's money to be had there too. Like, if if stuff continues to grow, and it's just like, it's inspiring to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you show up as um, you know, freshman, and you you said that you weren't, you know, you came in with like Ridge and Kevon and some of these other guys that might have had more accolades or been more highly recruited, and out of all those guys, you were the red shirt of the year. You went 19 and one. Yeah. And you were red shirt of the year. Yeah. So thankfully they pulled Ridge a red shirt because if not, he would have won that. <laughs> Maybe. No, he would have. Ridge is a savage, dude. I love Ridge <laughs> to death. He's a, he's a freaking savage, dude. He's sick. And, uh, yeah, me and Kevon, actually, it was like a co. Like, we both won it together. And uh, I was just like, I just put my head down and was working hard. Like, I wasn't, like, beating people by, like, talent, really. Or, like, I was just, like, I'm just going to get it done. One mm-hmm. way or another, I'm going to get it done. And uh, so as I started winning, you know, the coaches started noticing. And they, like, started, like, communicate. Like, I was a – I can't. I feel like I can't speak, like, unless I have I proved myself. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I would just stay reserved to myself a lot of times. And, like, just – I'm, like, I'm going to figure it out by myself. I was, like, I don't need nobody. But then the coaches really started helping me. And then they helped me get way better. And, uh, yeah, that was great just to see, like, like oh, I put in all this work and it paid off. Like, the coaches see it. Like, my teammates see it. Like, like I'm not here to just just hang out. You're right. Like, I'm, I want to I wanna contribute to this team and, like, play a role here and, and hopefully hopefully help my, my teammates and my coaches win. Yeah. And, I mean, that probably had to really give you some confidence that you belong, that, you know, that you're – you you can contribute, you know, like at, at one point that might have been like just a thought or I don't want to say a fantasy, but something that where you were like, this is what I'd like to do. Yeah. And now you're actually doing it. Yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. It's 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 awesome. Like just being in, in my situation because, you know, I grew up as a kid with not a lot mm-hmm. like we just made ends meet barely. And then like I just so happened to be surrounded by great people and like that helped me out and I I was just like dang like I was just a little kid mm-hmm. like I don't feel like I should be here you know what I'm saying and like a lot of people that grow up in my area like they don't I mean there's not a, a ton of sick athletes or super successful people that come out of there and so it's like I was like man like I don't even know if I can do it because no one around my area was even good at anything really mm-hmm. <laughs> like they just I don't know but so yeah, it is it is kind of insane and surreal to like be here and like 
just doing the stuff that I do and I like I feel like I belong like yeah you do like I'm I'm not I'm not I want to take over like I want to really be something and I feel like I should like mm-hmm. I've, it's expected of me like that's my job now mm-hmm. but like before it was like man can I do it I don't know it's always that but then once you once you go through it and you take your lumps and you get some good wins you're like oh yeah now I can really start to be myself now I can really start to develop and take chances and and really try to be something great mm-hmm. once like you have yourself established already yeah and once you start to really firmly believe that you can do it, it's like i think they say well, it's like a glass ceiling you know where you you don't know if you can do it because no one's done it before you and next thing you know you're doing it and you could have you could do it all along you just needed to believe yeah yeah it's crazy <laughs> yeah. like the the b- whole belief part is insane because I, n- I never really had a lot of belief in myself but like my dad and like my parents did like my mom was always like hammering it down she's like you can do anything you want and i was just and i believed i believed that mm-hmm. like i always had like a belief in myself that i would put myself in a good situation to be good or mm-hmm. to be great or whatever but then at the same time whenever you're like i don't know you just at the same time there's still a little doubt there and you're mm-hmm. just like i don't know if i can do it like i'm just a small town kid from from manhattan kansas that you know not a lot of product comes out of there mm-hmm. and it seemed like every time you were starting to take a step forward something happened yeah you know um your junior year you know you were ready to break onto the scene and then life happened and then you know your sophomore year after your redshirt year you know your redshirt freshman year COVID happened and then you had the blood clot and so like seems like right when you're about ready to take off something kind of has always knocked you down but you've never stayed down you've always which I admire so much you just kind of have kept plucking along never giving up yeah and another setback that I had was after my redshirt my my first year in college Mm -hmm. they're like okay I think this might be the guy at 65 and so we had world team trials in Lincoln that year Mm -hmm. and and so like there's a lot of pressure on me like the coaches are actually watching me they're like how's this kid gonna do is he Mm -hmm. gonna pan out is he gonna and all this and and I remember JB was there watching and stuff and I I get like 15 20 seconds into my first match tear my hamstring and I was like oh my goodness this is insane 15 seconds 15 seconds and I was like dang dude like Everything was going up. Yeah, it was all going good. Yeah, but you how, know, how'd that happens. happen? I, he was trying to front head pinch me, mm-hmm. and I had just like posted my foot out, and I was like, "I'm not going over. This is crazy. You're mm-hmm. not gonna get this, dude." Mm-hmm. Like I got JB watching me. Come on, dude. <laughs> I can't lose. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? And then and then my leg just gave out, and I rolled through, and I was like, I was like, no sweat. Two points. I'm gonna go get this back. Mm-hmm. And I tried to stand up, and I couldn't stand. Like my leg just kept giving out on me. Like. And I was like, I was like, whoa! So I just hit the mat again, and I like kind of grabbed the mat, and I was like, what's going on with my leg? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't care what's going on with my leg. I'm gonna go get this back. And I try to stand up again, fall right back down. Then Terrell comes over. He was like, hey man, you good? I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm just gonna get up. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to get up, could not. I could not stand. Like it wasn't anything in my mind. Like it was just my hamstring mm-hmm. torn. Like there's nothing I could have done about it. And then Terrell was like, he was like, man, I think you're done. And I was like, I was like, no no i'm not done no shot mm-hmm. and then i was just done and then i had to just start rehabbing and recovering Jeez. from that 
and that, that was a tough one, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I went through it. Like, cause especially whenever you go through so much stuff, you're just like, nothing can hold me back. Mm-hmm. Like if I, if some adversity comes my way, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get through it. Let's just take it on the chin and let's just keep going. Mm-hmm. Just cause I feel like that's the only option. Like what, yeah. what else are you going to do? Quit? <laughs> are you just going to give up, dude? Right. That's, that's a Sally way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, pretty much like, like you said, yeah. What are you going to do? There's there's two routes. Yeah, you can quit, or you can pony up and and take it on the chin and move forward. Um, dang man, so you had the ha- torn hamstring, um, the blood clot, and then even last year, you know, we talked we talked before we started recording that, um, you know, you actually lost the wrestle off because you were a little dinged up too then. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, I was going through like. Uh, some some knee and ankle stuff mm-hmm. like MCL or something or LCL and then, uh, and so I was they were like, here, uh, here's the wrestle off or whatever and mm-hmm. I'm like, what, dude? I can't even wrestle. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm so injured. I'm so taped up right now. Like this is crazy. Go out there lose and I was like, all right, well this sucks. Mm-hmm. Cause I was starting last year and and now I'm not even gonna start. And then they were like, we'll give you uh an opportunity. So we'll send both you guys to the wrestling tournament. Uh, in uh, Maryland, the Navy Classic, yep. and whoever does better will will be the guy. And I was like, oh sweet, I'm a tournament guy. Like, uh, well, I just love competition. I'm kind of a gamer. Mm-hmm. Like, I like like whenever the, the the circumstances come, like I just rise up. Like, I I kind of suck in practice. I'm not a very <laughs> not a very good practice guy. Mm-hmm. But once once like game time comes, like I'm locked in. I'm dialed in. So I was just like, oh yeah, I got this. And then I did a lot better. Mm-hmm. And then so I was the guy. But how do you become a better practice guy? Real quick, I want to you know, like because I, now we just pointed out, like, okay, well, if you you know, if you want to get better altogether, maybe being a better practice guy might be. Yeah, it's not like a lack of effort mm-hmm. or anything. It's just like I try, I try a lot of different stuff, and so like I'll try like some people like whenever. You know, I work, I work super hard. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, a, that's not the problem. It's just like, I'll try to be like cerebral or mm-hmm. dang butchered that, but uh, like just thinking about my setups and my progressions and where I want to go and, and like trying to fix that and fix that and analyzing. And so it's like a lot of like trial and error stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm never like just locked in. I am locked in, but I'm not like okay, I'm just going to give a hundred, like a hundred percent of what I got right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to try to work on this and then I'm going to stick to this until it works. And so I just try to figure stuff out that way. Hmm. Okay. And so I just, yeah, I'm just not as mm-hmm. great during practice, but. No, you're, you're, you're focused, but you're, you're, you're kind of focused on the, the little things, the real yeah. little things instead of, uh, you know, maybe at times it's like, you know, you're going live or whatever, and it's like, all right, well, we're just here to wrestle. Let's just focus on wrestling right now mm-hmm. instead of, like, tweaking things. But, um, but man, yeah, so how do you feel right now? Because, like, it's, it seems like you've almost had an injury your entire yeah. time in college. I mean, that's life of a wrestler, right? But, mm-hmm. I mean, how are you doing right now? Great. Like, I feel so good. I'm so excited. Like, this summer has been sweet, just, like, doing camps and competed at world team trials. Uh, I'm injury free. My body feels great. I feel like, I feel like I'm starting to step into a, 
like a, a different kind of role being an older guy mm-hmm. i feel like i'm established like i can start mm-hmm. to be myself more and like and like really really show people what i can do this year because like there's i i don't know i figured out i feel like how to deal with the pressure i i went through the fire you know took some lumps got some decent wins along the way but yeah now this year i feel like i'm really dialed in and locked in ready to just go out there and let's just see who's the better wrestler mm-hmm. you know you said you've you figured out how to deal with the pressure what does that mean how have how do you feel like you're handling the pressure now or what are you doing differently um sometimes like early like i would I would feel the pressure and I would just take, I take it way too serious. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's life or death. Like right. if I go out there and lose, I should just die. Yeah. Like I shouldn't even live anymore. And, and like, just like the expectation of being a big 10 wrestler at Nebraska and, and like the coaches have so much expectation for me and my parents and all the people back home and the fans of Lincoln, like everyone just expects a lot. And I was just like, Oh, and I would just kind of let it get to me, mm-hmm. you know? And I wouldn't, like, be free. I would just kind of go out there and just, like, be real stiff and, like, not wrestle how I, I wrestle. And uh, I feel like it's just, it's better now because I've been through it. I know what to do. Like, I've been through the fire. I don't have to take it. At, like, I'm still taking it serious. Of course. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, now I can have fun with it kind of. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. I can – I can inject some personality into this or that, and I can joke around with the coaches because, like, and, like, I can have a good time while I'm doing it at the same time and not just be, like, just let the pressure get to me. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, yeah, I would just, like, say, like, during competition, just keeping it lighthearted and fun. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be fun. It's not supposed to be, like, serious where I'm just sitting there, like, flexed out the whole time. Mm-hmm. I'm not even wrestling yet. It's yeah. like, dude, calm down. Right. Take a chill pill. How's the fun? Crack a joke here mm-hmm. there. But, yeah, and so, yeah, just enjoying enjoying it and just trying to trying to have fun with it now mm-hmm. while yeah. still putting in all the work. And Yeah, that's some good insight because I, I feel like that is something – people struggle with or a lot of wrestlers struggle with because it is an intense sport you know sometimes you feel like you have to be intense all the time and it's like no it's just like any other sport you can relax and have fun and go out there and still perform and and take it seriously but you don't have to be serious 100 percent of the time yeah 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 it's a a kind of a paradox because like you don't (laughs) want to be like i'm not taking it serious and you don't like it's just like moderation, like mm-hmm. the yin and the yang. Like mm-hmm. you gotta have fun, but you you gotta be serious too. Like, right. th- it, it's no joke going out there. Like you gotta perform. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you just have to. But then at the same time, it's like, all right, let's go out and see what I can do. Yeah. Let's go hit some cool moves. Yeah, you know, like let's have a good time out there. But yeah, it 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 is sort of hard, like finding that balance mm-hmm. of like, because I was always like a real serious guy, because like I pour my heart into it. Like, this is, I give it everything I have, Mm -hmm. like, every time. And it's hard not to take yourself too seriously. For me, that was what I struggled with. Mm -hmm. But, like, watching some of the older guys, like, Chad Red and and Zay and those guys, like, Chad would just be out there bouncing around, having (laughs) a good time. And I was so, like, jealous. I was like, dang, he's having so much fun. But (laughs) I'm just sitting here, like, just all stressed out and, and flexed. And I was just like yeah this is sick like just the older guys mentored me a lot Mm -hmm. and i'm so grateful for all of them uncle zay for sure 
Uncle Zay. Uncle Zay, that's my boy. <laughs> um, well, he so that must be his nickname. Now you have a nickname, Bubba. Yeah. Now, I guess where's the origin of that? Uh, I think I was a fat kid. I think I was <laughs> a too. fat baby. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I think I was fat till I was like three or four, mm-hmm. and w- whenever I started cutting weight, and uh, I think I was like a nine or ten pound baby or something like that. Oh. So <laughs> I guess it started there. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I don't know. Just ever since I can remember, they've that was that's just been my name. Really, like teachers growing up didn't even really know my real government <laughs> name. I don't like to expose my government name out there. Okay, we won't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we can say it, but uh, I yeah, I don't really care. But I just people are like why why is that your nickname or whatever? I'm just like mm-hmm. I don't know, bro. <laughs> that's just what people call yeah. me, man. Like I don't. It's not serious. You can call me whatever you want to call right. me. Yeah. I don't care. But, yeah. Yeah, I just grew up with that name. Mm-hmm. Just ever since, like, my first memory is just that. Unless I got in trouble. Then, yeah. it, was, then it was, Clayton James. <laughs> I was like, whoa, relax. So how did you get the PA announcer at, you know, like, for Nebraska, you know, here in Lincoln, um, to call you Bubba? Like, because they say Bubba Wilson. Yeah. So yeah, first like my my freshman year, like sometimes they would put Clayton or Bubba, mm-hmm. and so like they I would it would always be different, and so I I kept getting the last seed because they didn't know who I was, and I was like, dang man, like <laughs> let's just stick with one, yeah, up. and I was just like, you know, it's it's been me, like it's just that's just who I am, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm Bubba man, like I just like it. Mm-hmm. People say it's childish, whatever, cool, but uh. Yeah, I was just like, hey, man, like, this is why I kind of prefer to be called. Mm-hmm. Like, you can call me whatever, but this is who I am, man. Mm-hmm. And that's who I've always grown up as, and so that's just what it was. And and finally they, you know, they just call me Bubba now. Really? So, like, you didn't have to go up to the PA announcer at um, Bob Devaney and be like, hey, will you will you just call me Bubba instead of Clayton? No, I never had a conversation about it. Like, it was really? just they like. Just called you it? Like, at first, it was Clayton. Mm-hmm. Like, a couple times, they announced me as Clayton. I was just, like, at that moment, I'm so locked in and, and dialed in. I'm not yeah. worried about it. Yeah. I don't care. But uh, just over time, like, my coaches are referring to me as Bubba Bubba. And mm-hmm. it was just like, yeah, that's who he is. And so everyone, and then eventually everyone just kind of conformed to it, <laughs> yeah. whether they like it or not. Mm-hmm. One thing I love about the Devaney Center is is how intimate it is. Yeah. You know, like, you have floor seating. Um, and after the meets, like kids just like flock, flock to you. How cool is that to, you know, you came from a, a small town of sorts in Manhattan and now you're here and you're almost halfway a celebrity to these kids. Yeah. I, it's great because like, like I really, one of my like biggest goals in wrestling was like, this sounds like cliche or whatever, but mm-hmm. it really was to just like inspire kids to like yeah. be better. And like show them that it's it's possible, because I never had that really growing up, and so I just I don't know. It's really like heartwarming to like this kid like looks up to me or whatever. And I'm just like, hey kid, like you can do it too. Mm-hmm. Anyone can do it. Mm-hmm. Like don't put me on a pedestal just because I'm out here competing now. Like it's my time now, but it'll be your time in the future. Like I just I enjoy it. Like the little kids, they're so much fun to be around, especially whenever you're at camps. Mm-hmm. And they're like just being little knuckleheads, and, 
but then you get to teach them wrestling and it's like this is how i do it and i hope you can learn and you can be just as good as i am or way better than me mm-hmm. and so whenever they come up for autographs i hope i just you know can leave a little bit of inspiration for them and be like hey dude it's impossible because mm-hmm. like i never went to any college duels growing up i never even really watched college wrestling but so like yeah i just hope i can inspire a kid or two that'd be that'd be pretty sick mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sure i'm sure you've had you know like you talked about how not many people were athletic or went on to uh, the college level from your your town you know and and here you are yeah you know two-time ncaa qualifier you're winning matches there you're competing hard and you know the sky's the limit i mean now you're finally finally feels like you're in a good good spot healthy ready for the the season to roll um real quick i want to ask about robert kokesh it i know um announced that sounds like he's leaving yeah so yeah, it sucks, it sucks to hear because Kokish is, like, the most genuine guy. He's always, like, happy-go-lucky, like, always in a good mood, mm-hmm. always cracking jokes. But then he's, like, the toughest dude I've ever met in my entire life <laughs> at the same time. Which it's, like, what is this guy? <laughs> but he's, he's just, like, so much fun to be around. Mm-hmm. And, like, on bus trips, on any traveling trips, Kokish is always just making it fun. Mm-hmm. I love Kokish so much. Like, he's taught me so much and given me the worst beatings I've ever gotten in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm so sad to hear that because I, I love Kokish. He's the best. He's mm-hmm. so, like, just ferocious in the wrestling room and then still so fun. Mm-hmm. And just a cool – he's a great guy. Like, I, man, mm-hmm. it's tough whenever you got to, like, let go of a teammate or, mm-hmm. like, a coach. It sucks. But I'm super grateful just for the time that I got to spend with Kokish mm-hmm. and be around him and, like, just absorb his knowledge and, and let him, like, guide me a little bit and just being – I'm just grateful to have been around him, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like, he's he's greatness. Yeah. I, yeah, Husker great. Mm-hmm. You know, I think also a lot of people are going to miss his kid. Yeah. Dang yeah. It. You know, after the duels, you know, we could always count on that little – Little kid running out in uh, Nebraska. Baby Clay. Yeah. He's built just like his dad, too. It's crazy. <sighs> that kid's going to be mean yeah. when he gets older. <laughs> I would not want to wrestle Clay. He, yeah, Clay's adorable. He mm-hmm. would always be in the practice room, just kind of running around. And he was a, he was a good time. And mm-hmm. it was kind of fun watching him grow up a little bit. But, yeah, it's sad to see him go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, tough. That's tough. That'll be a tough one. I've seen a lot of posts already, you know. Um, good luck to him. I don't know what he's what he plans on doing next, but. I think he's going back home to uh, run the farm because I think his dad retired uh, from running the farm, so he's going to go back and take over the family farm. Right on. Yeah. Cool. Shoot. Everyone will have to go out there sometime and, you know, be his farmhand for a day or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I bet you he'll put us to work, <laughs> no. man. I bet you would put us to work. I can't imagine. What that dude's do? the hardest working dude of all time. That's I know. I, I've, I've heard stories. Yeah. Just sad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, losing a savage. Yeah. Um, but for you, you know, like we've we've kind of already talked about what you've what you've done this off season to get better. But what what other what other uh, besides like mentally and like 
taken the pressure off? What else have you done, worked on this off season here to, as we approach the season, just a few short months away? Yeah. Um, do you mean like, like technical stuff? Yeah, anything, you know, what, what have you done? I mean, have you taken a break maybe and just separated from the sport and now you're kind of just getting back into it? Or, you know, what is this? I guess I should ask what this off season has been like. It's been good. Um, after World Team Trials, uh, I feel like I took a, a bunch of steps up at World Team Trials, mm -hmm. competed real well. Um, I was work, I worked on some upper body throws, throwing headlocks. Yeah. And stuff you know putting people on their heads that was fun um working on top bottom lot staying in shape i'm doing a lot of cross training right now like i i picked up like jujitsu and really and and striking and and stuff like that and so i'm working with the guy and and i feel like just cross training helps get, get you better at wrestling because mm -hmm. you think about these positions and maneuvering your body this way and like even with like striking, it's like you're throwing combos and it's like, oh, okay, like I can, you know, it just, it plays into wrestling and it helps you like learn, learn. I feel like learning new things is always good for you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it will always benefit everything else around you and just staying on the mat and lifting weights, trying to get jacked <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, just mm -hmm. doing, doing a lot and just trying to spend some time on the mat. But right now we're, we're off kind of before we get headed into school and then really ramp up the training because that preseason training is no joke. So Really? Yeah. They don't take it easy on you, huh? No shot. <laughs> it's the craziest stuff I've ever done in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think I'll ever do anything as hard as our preseason training. Mm -hmm. It's it's psychopath. <laughs> like, it's, it's actually, like, it's insane. Yeah. So um, one thing that you guys do or have done in the past – to sort of uh, have some fun is is play football. Were, are you involved in those football games? Yeah, with like Mikey Labs and yeah. Uh, the last so we didn't do it last year, mm -hmm. unfortunately. I don't know why, but the year before that, yeah, I was on the winning team. It was me, Mike Snyder, maybe Schultz. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, we're some killers out there. <laughs> you know, Doc. Doc Snyder, he knows yeah. how to draft a team. Yeah. Oh, so he was the he was he, the captain. Yeah. It's like the coaches as the captains, like Weida, uh, Kokish, Manning, Snyder. Like they were kind of the captains. They mm -hmm. would do like a fantasy draft of us. <laughs> and they would pick their guys. Mm -hmm. and they would, yeah. That's always a blast. Playing football at Memorial Stadium mm -hmm. with no fans. It's cool. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but it's a good time, you know, just getting out there, being athletic like exercising mm -hmm. but just having fun with it like it doesn't always have to be running or doing buddy carries up the stadium <laughs> steps like it doesn't always have to be like <laughs> crazy stuff mm -hmm. but yeah just getting out there having fun it's like a team bonding thing too right. so it's like for the incoming freshmen it's like okay we can bond with them and show them like how the culture is here because honestly we have the best culture here I'll put it up against anybody. Mm -hmm. I hear horror stories about transfers coming in, about like, not not necessarily horror stories, but right. just about what their situation was like compared to ours. Like, I feel like genuinely our team gets along so great, and we're super different from each other. And but we we go to war together, and like we really have each other's backs in a pinch or anything. And like, just our coaches did a great job of like creating that and just 
having that and so doing those like little team bonding football games and like playing frisbee before practice like we're serious mm-hmm. serious frisbee players really serious i'm telling you Whoa. like ultimate frisbee ultimate frisbee man that's our that's our jam right there we get down and dirty before <laughs> practice just wrecking people mm-hmm. <laughs> running into people pushing people off the walls and <laughs> yeah it's real aggressive frisbee but yeah it's fun i like doing that stuff just hanging out with the boys and just yeah. getting after it. And we're all so competitive mm-hmm. that it's so much fun. Who's, who's like, um, you know, on the team, who are a couple of the guys who are like just freaks, just freak athletes that you're like, dang. Uh, I, mean, I feel like Mikey Labriola was one of those guys. Yeah, but for sure. He just had something a little different. Like he, I wouldn't say he was like, I don't even know how to describe his type of athleticism. Mm-hmm. Like, he would just throw his hips into you, just the way he can maneuver his hips, and, like, mm-hmm. his body weight was insane. But uh, Peyton Robb, insane really? athlete. So explosive. He can jump high. He can run fast. Like, anything anything you want to play, he's good at it. You want to play disc golf, he's sick at it. You want to play frisbee, he's good at it. Like, he's just mm-hmm. good at everything. So would he be your number one, number one draft pick? Oh, for sure. Like we can't put me and Peyton on the same team, or it's just unfair. Oh, really? Yeah, so you'd be good. number two. Okay, so we're too good. So it'd be like you're one A and he's one B type of thing. Yeah, <laughs> don't put us on the same team, or it's <laughs> gonna get ugly. <laughs> but yeah, Peyton's a sick athlete. I feel like I'm a pretty decent athlete. Mm-hmm. Just growing up, doing a bunch of different stuff. For and, sure. And I feel like, yeah, I just have a good sense of a lot of a lot of different things, and so I'm a decent athlete. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm if I'm one, but because Peyton's a sick athlete. I mean, we definitely have a bunch of a bunch of good athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, Blake Cushing, he, he's not a guy that you see often, but mm-hmm. occasionally he'll make an appearance on the lineup. Yep, he's kind yep, of a yep. sick athlete. Um, we yeah, we had a few like JB. Obviously, if he would get in, get involved in a frisbee game, he would jump above everyone. Really? Oh, insane. you would you would coax him into into playing? Sometimes, it yeah, really? he would play with us. <laughs> Kendrick Maple, the best frisbee player I've ever seen in my entire life. Really, the the most he's probably he's probably the best athlete I've ever witnessed. Really, but, Kendrick yeah. Maple. Kendrick Maple, dude. He would he would jump up and I would jump up and his like his hip would be at my shoulder <laughs> and I'm just like, this is unfair. Like you, it was always a competition to see if we could draft a team to beat Maple. <laughs> and did did that ever work? Uh, occasionally, yeah. Occasionally, <laughs> you and Peyton would probably have to be on the same team, though, right? Yeah, uh. yeah. But yeah, on the team, Peyton's definitely up there. Mikey was a sick athlete. Lenny, Lenny's got something different really? about him too. Yeah. So actually, why I left out Silas? Silas is a pretty sick athlete. Yeah. He's good at frisbee. Um, trying to think. Ridge, Ridge is a pretty good athlete too. He's mm-hmm. sick at frisbee. Uh, he's good. He's another. I would put him up there, like, right next to Peyton. Like, he's good at just a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of random stuff. Mm-hmm. 2K, UFC. <laughs> I was going to ask, who runs the table on Smash Brothers? You say you like to just kind of hang out and play Smash Bros. Who is there somebody that just freaking... Yeah, so we had a... You, I don't know if you remember him, but we had a guy named Landon Brown on mm-hmm. the team. Mm-hmm. He was a heavyweight. He is so sick at Smash Bros. <laughs> we all have to team up on him to beat him. <laughs> Uh, but Lance is pretty good. Brock Hardy's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a huge 
Smash Bros, but I'll play occasionally from time to time whenever mm-hmm. the boys are playing. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, they they really enjoy that game. Who else? Brock Hardy, he's getting ready for for Worlds. Worlds, yeah, he's gonna go out there and kill. I know he's gonna go out there and smash. Yeah, people. I love watching him yeah. wrestle. He's so like different to watch wrestle. Like it almost seems like he's falling into <laughs> shots, and I'm just like, dude, I how does he do this? Like. Mm-hmm. He's so slick and like his I- wrestling IQ is off the charts. Like that dude is, I love Brock Hardy. Mm-hmm. Man. He's he's great. He's I, I love I love our team because before like at a duel or even like at a tournament, you just this guy wins, this guy wins. You watch him win, and it's not like just because they were better. It was like their their like tenacity and like just their courage. Like one thing we preach a, a lot about is our courage. And, like, just going out there and, like, not being scared. Like, let's just go send it. Just go throw your moves at it, at this guy and see mm-hmm. if he can handle it. And, like, just seeing these guys be great, it's just so inspiring because I'm like, oh, now it's my turn to be great. Like, I, right before me, Peyton Rob goes out there and smashes people, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, yeah, this mm-hmm. is sick. I love this. Like, I just, yeah, I love being a part of this team. Yeah, one of those, um, one of those times where I feel like you – you really showed what you can do is at nationals when you beat. Um, I know I'm probably on butcher's last name, but the Oregon State kid Matthew Ogwin. Ogin. Yeah. Um, because he he seemed to have Griffith's number. Yeah. You know, and it, it almost seemed like uh, people were, you know, when they looked at the brackets and they saw Ogin and Griffith were going to meet up with second round or whatever. People were like, "Whoa, that's the matchup, baby! Like, I can't wait." Is I mean, that might send Griffith to the backside. Mm-hmm. And you had other plans. Yeah. Like, I had beat him in Vegas two years ago mm-hmm. on the backside. Um, and I knew I could beat him. And then he got me this year in Vegas for third and fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, he high-flyered me in, in overtime. I always know it's going to be a scrap. Like, whenever people are, like, saying this and saying that, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out there and get after it. Mm-hmm. But after I beat him, yeah, it was pretty lit. It was fun just because, like, it is a good solid win just to, you yeah. know, get the tournament rolling and just to get the fans fired up, a big upset. That's always fun because, like, he was, like, I don't even know what his seed was versus mine, but his was way higher. And so, I don't know, it's just fun. I don't really think about seeds, especially at 65 because 65 is nuts. Yeah. It's mayhem. But, yeah, he had Griffith's number for sure. And I think I approached that match wrong with Griffith. Kind of got beat up, but. You know, I'll have a different game plan going into it next time. Mm-hmm. And I know the stuff that I'm going to want to try to execute, and and I think I'll be able to get that done. Because after I beat him, I was like, oh, for sure I'm beating Griffith. Like, I'm, I'm going to go out here and get it. I'm going to be a bracket buster. But mm-hmm. It didn't end up going that way, but, you know, we got it next time, mm-hmm. thankfully. Yeah. I still, have more, I still have more time to compete and get after it. Yeah, and it seems like you're you're closing the gap. Yeah. You know, like. You're getting there, and like you said, 65 is just – I don't even know how to describe it. It's just uh, – it's an animal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, jeez. Yeah, I feel like I'm progressing. For sure. Like, I, like, there's never a time in my life where I've ever been like, oh, I'm going backwards. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like a injury or something. Like, even then, I'm not really going backwards. Like, after I'm trying to watch film or I'll watch – I'll try to – take stuff from these guys and just listen or just try to get better some way. Like I've, I've, I don't think I've ever gotten worse. Like I'm always just, just pro- 
like progressively getting better, which is great. I mean, that's what you want. Mm -hmm. So it's fun. And I definitely like starting to beat guys that I wasn't beating before and like starting to open up matches. And so hopefully I can continue just to progress and, and just get better and, and score some points for the team and hopefully put on a show and hit some cool moves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, last thing I want to ask you real quick is just about your family. You know, um, you have two sisters, um, Alexis and Ray, you know, are you the oldest, you know, like where do they fall? No, my, so Alexis is, she's like four years older than me. Okay. And then my little sister's young. She's like 13. And so I'm right in the middle. Mm -hmm. But I was, I was the youngest for a long time, obviously, because mm -hmm. my sister's nine years younger than me. And, uh, but yeah, they're they're great. They're freaking stud athletes. Like, really? my, I always lived in my sister's shadow growing up. Really? All the time. They're like, oh my goodness, are you Alexis' brother? And I'm like, <laughs> stop it. No. No, dude, I'm trying to make a name for myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I always lived in her shadow for the longest time. But she got riddled by a bunch of injuries. And she had some weird, like, stuff happen with mm -hmm. her career, which stinks. But so she was injured and having surgeries all the time. And then my little sister, she's kind of a sick athlete too. So, I'm kind of like the run of the family. Really? So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always, I always give them crap. I'm like, may not be the best athlete, but I'm the best looking in the family. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's Whatever. yeah. Hey, yeah, that's all that matters. <laughs> I, I say that too to my my siblings. I'm the best looking. Yeah. They're gonna listen to this and kill me, but yeah. <laughs> um. So, um. And your mom and dad are they? Just family still lives in Manhattan? Yeah. Yeah, my mom lives a, li a little bit outside of Manhattan, like in a little bit of a more rural area. And mm -hmm. then my dad lives in Manhattan. And, yeah, he uh, he just tries to occupy his time until wrestling season comes. Really? Yeah, I, I feel like that he gets bored. He gets <laughs> bored. And then once wrestling season comes, he's locked in. Yeah. He's reading this, reading that. And I'm like, Dad, stop sending me this stuff. I don't <laughs> care. But he's, he's like a little – he's like a nerd mm -hmm. when it comes to wrestling. He loves it. But yeah. yeah, I love it. Love it that they've, you know, become invested too. It's always fun, you know, when, when your family comes along for the ride or like sees that their kid is really loving the sport. And so all of a sudden they're just like, I freaking love it too now. And now yeah. it's kind of over the top a little bit, which is, which is fun. That's fun. Yeah, for sure. Cause like my, my dad obviously didn't know anything about wrestling. Mm -hmm. And then just, he would like, he was the type of parent that was like gonna sit there and watch the entire practice and like make sure I'm doing good and like mm -hmm. trying to pick up stuff on his own, because like I would always work hard like my pretty much my entire life and so he would he would just like try to learn along with me, and so now as we like both like progressively gotten better and like more knowledgeable about wrestling like it's a lot it's a lot easier and he was just kind of along along there for the ride mm -hmm. and guiding me through that. And so he, he's a lot better now. But for a long time, I remember he, he would send me the craziest stuff. He was like, this dude's number 24. He's a two-time Oregon State champ. He beat this guy that you just beat, but he beat him worse. Like, what are you going to do? And I was like, Dad, stop, bro. Stop. I know this dude's good. I'm just going to go out there and try to wrestle, man. Stop. Oh, God. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> He's great though. Now he he kind of he knows not to send me anything. He's just mm -hmm. let him do his thing a little mm -hmm. bit more now, which is good. But he he's always been there. Like my family's always been there. Like I said, my freshman year, I, I was gonna quit wrestling. I was like, I'm done. 
even in college, whenever sometimes it gets hard, like I'll text him and I'll be like, dude, that is not going well. Mm -hmm. And then he'll just like, just give me a little bit of motivation and insight and just like his belief in me. Cause like, I'm like, dang, this dude's been here the whole time. Like he knows, he knows what I'm capable of. Like Mm -hmm. even when I didn't believe in myself, like I know, I know he did. Or even if he didn't, he told me he did. So yeah, it's just, it's easy to be great or like not even great, but it's just easy to continue to get better at the sport whenever you have a, a super great support system. Mm-hmm. And I'm super thankful for my family because they sacrificed a lot growing up. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Bubba Wilson, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my Facebook page for more of my content. And don't forget to check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Take care. See you next time.